that much anticipated uh, it's been building up for a few weeks this uh, the review of the 1990 uh, promotion season series which was called quite naturally united and i think it's fair to say we, we're all similar sort of age aren't we we're, yeah give or take yeah so we, we've got with us today um obviously myself dead bat uh, we've got uh, mark um, who's at Webding on Twitter. We've got uh, Mr. Womble, and we've got a special guest today, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Uh, yeah, John Stancliffe, aged 40, six foot five. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at JohnStan13. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any relation of uh, any famous uh, United players, uh, John? Yeah, Paul Wood. <laughs> very good, very good. <laughs> Very good. So we are joined by the son of uh, skipper Paul Stancliffe, Stan, captain for... How many years was he Was he skipper for, John? He was at the club nine years, skipper for eight. Skipper for eight. So, um, and also, we will... A little teaser here. Uh, you two were both in the series, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah throughout, kept popping how, up every now and again. How many lines did you have? Two. Two. Well, we'll come to them later. Andrew, how many lines did you have? Uh, I don't think it was a line. I think it was just a couple of words. A couple of words. So Three we'll, words. We will discuss that like this later. Um, but just a bit of background, the, the dull bit, because we, we said we'd try and be a bit more professional. I know like Blaze Pod and Four Blades are a little bit more savvy than us, and we just ramble. But I'll give a bit of, bit of, bit of about it. So the, the series followed the fortunes of United during the 89-90 season. They'd looked at two clubs that they were going to film uh, to do it. Does anyone know the name of the other club that they looked at? Yeah, Blackburn Rovers Football Club. Well done, John. How did you know that? Because I'm clever. Oh, very good, very He's good. Got yeah. research, ready. Johnny's research. So Blackburn Rovers, but apparently the United staff were more approachable. I think they were probably just a bit more desperate for the, for the cheaper. money. Cheaper. Cheaper is what you're saying. Well, there, there was that. So it aired from early April, uh, sorry, yeah, early April to mid-May. There were six episodes. It was on at nine o'clock on a Friday night. Is that right? Yep. Sounds and, yeah, BBC Two. BBC Two. Uh, I think I was certainly I was eleven at the age. I think Mark and did the same. John, you ten. Ten. Yeah, uh, and there was only four channels at that time. So for our football club to be shown on peak TV every every Friday night was I was massively excited. I don't know about you, about you lot. You're sounding it. No, <laughs> I, I, I I agree. It was it's, just couldn't believe couldn't believe it were on really. And couldn't believe we made it. I, th- I think it. I think Rob. it was a big deal because I, mean, I remember the first episode. Yeah, uh, we all gathered in actual Andy's living room as a full family uh, to watch it. About twenty of us. So That's nice. I, I could, yeah, I can imagine that being happening quite a lot with a lot of United fans around Sheffield. Did you have Ian Bryson and his wife round at the time? No, no. My mum went round to their house to watch it. And get her ironing done as well, maybe. But more, more, on, more on Kirsty Bryson later. Just, uh, just back on to why United got chose. Was there an element of luck, though, that we were 
going for promotion and we did well in the cup. Or... Well, well, originally they were only going to show it till uh, I think it was going to come off air after the Stoke game, not in terms of well, that was where they're going to end it. And then they decided that to do extra, I think two extra episodes because obviously it was going so well. They'd got you know, I am promotion, there was the cup run, the takeover, there was so much going on. We got the best cup run for years. There was all the stuff over Samashimi coming in, Bassett obviously entertaining. Um and each episode focused on a specific element of the club. There was the players, the women, which I suppose is like the wags, isn't it, today? The board, the fans, the apprentice, which is I suppose like the academy, and what uh, the final one was about the manager. So there were six episodes, half an hour each. And the previous season, we'd come up from uh, what was then League One. And I think a bit like the Wilder team a few years ago, everybody thought we, weren't gonna, we were going to struggle. I'm going to stop you there. It wasn't League One then, was it? It was Division no. Three well, then. Well, equivalent of what League One <laughs> is now. But everyone thought we were Nobody thought we would be anywhere near the top. I don't know what, Andrew, what was your thoughts on how we might do that season? Or? No, no, just mid-table stuff, stay up, do well. A bit like this season, really. Didn't think we'd do anything like we did. But, yeah, amazing. Dean and Agana. John, what was the, what was the, you had the inside info. What, what did your dad and the players think? Did they actually, what were their realistic aims for the season? This is going to sound really, really strange, but I actually spoke to my dad uh, around Christmas about the series and that season. And they actually felt if they got off to a good start, then they were in with a chance. So I think the mood in the squad around the club was they were quite confident. And I suppose when you look at the strike force, there's goals. So, but, but apart from the strike force, they'd only signed in that summer. They got they signed Mark Morris, not the, not the Blue Tone singer. They signed Colin Hill, uh, David Barnes, Julian Winter, and that was it. And then they got the squad from the previous season with Dean Agana, Bryce and Gannon. Um, so they didn't spend anything. There were some powerhouses in the division at the time. I think there's some similarities with this Wilder team, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, the way that uh, <clears throat> has-beens or, or journeymen or people that were binned off by other clubs. It's just... Bassett and Wilder are very similar. And Wilder comes from Bassett's uh, school, doesn't it? So, top-notch. Top-notch. MW? Yeah, well, I mean, I just expect them to breeze it, I'll be honest. I, I, only, started, <laughs> I, I only started supporting them the year before. So, I started I start supporting them when they were at the lowest in my lifetime, pretty much. Well, minus Division 4, I was only about one or two then. Um, and I only just got into it then. And... Like my dad, like warming before I start going. The rubbish now, you know. It, it, there's no point. But then, obviously, that season, that third division season, just breeze through it. So, as far as I was concerned, that's that, that football. You go to Bramall Lane, stand on cop, bit smelly, watch a game, win two or three nil, go home. And I, I just thought, I just thought that's going to continue, and uh, and it did. But I, I just because I was stupid. And I think you've said, Andy, there's real similarities with Wilder, the team spirit, togetherness, ability to kind of shock them or fancy teams. The first game, can I remember what happened the first game who we played? West Brom won 3-0 away from home. Yeah, he's done his own work, hasn't he? Very good. What, what's, what's another stat about that game? What, what happened the first time of that game? He wore the away kit. Very good, John. Very good, John. Also, that, that the highest... Uh, ground in the in the uh, country altitude. 
But it's always well, the, the highest ground in the country. <laughs> <laughs> just, just then, just then, though. Did you get extra, extra height on? Definitely. That, that, that. <laughs> and and they never looked back. They didn't lose uh, until the 14th of October, home to West Ham. In between time, probably one of my favourite games of that time was a 5-4 against against Brighton, where they, I think they went. Did they go three 0 up and then four three down? Yeah. Yes. Paul, Paul Wood did... featured, I believe. Uh, John's dad. Paul <laughs> <Right. laughs> was to Brighton. Yes, John. Did we not? This is quite dull. Did we not lose to Rotherham in the League Cup? Uh, just talking about the league, uh, John. At the moment. <laughs> you, are, right, okay. you are you are correct with that. You are correct with that. Yeah, we lost two legged games to Rotherham. Didn't realise this would be a start off. I'm hastily pulling up some uh, some season <laughs> stats now. Just talking. Uh, Twenty something corners he had against West Ham and still lost two. The only games. season I know about. Yeah. When, when you think the stats have got as deep as possible, DB goes into corners in a single game. It's just uh, incredible. But, but to, to skim forward, because uh, obviously the series only started really sort of filming in January, but they, they, they stayed right at the top with Leeds and then they played Leeds on Boxing Day. I think it was the biggest crowd I'd ever been to with Bramall. It was 30,000, 31,500. What a game that was. Uh, Andrew, memories of that game? Yeah, probably the... The first time I felt a big game atmosphere, I think mm. uh, it's like they filled the away end, and I think they had a bit of a reputation at the time as being a bit nasty as fans. And then Sterling scored that eighty-yarder. Uh, what a free <laughs> kick that was! <laughs> and uh, I just remember it being pretty hostile. And I, I remember Leeds fans being in the cop when Sterling scored. So I just thought this is fantastic. Yeah. This is what it's all about, and it's brilliant. Zico, he did that stupid celebration. He yeah, ran yeah. around the corner. If I hated him when he did that, uh, I think that was the first game. Him anyway. I think that was the first game where I saw the inflatable blades as well at that game. I might be yeah. wrong, but yeah, I'm sure. It you was. had one of them, didn't you, Mark? I, I did have one of them, and I probably also probably one of the ones that Andrew saw. I almost certainly got it for Christmas day before, didn't I? And then proudly Andrew saw your giant <laughs> inflatable blade. <laughs> yep. No matter how you try, that's not a euphemism. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, surely everyone had one of them. If, of kids of a certain age, done thing, weren't it? But Felt we like were... some sort of samurai gun every game. Like <laughs> t- scarf round round me, took took me sword in, off I go. Absolutely ridiculous. Time of inflatables, though, weren't it? The uh, banana inflatable, Imri Varadi that inspired that. Yeah, and then the Haddock at um, Grimsby, right? Yeah, yeah, Grimsby, Grimsby yeah. And uh, so we, we stayed, we're right up round second, two all draw against Leeds. And then the filming started in the third round of the Cup when we played Bournemouth. Um, anyone want to give me a stat, something that happened in the Bournemouth game, somebody played for the opposition, made his debut? Right, let me see if I can click on it here. Oh damn it! It's not. It's not got those stats. See, I brought these stats up so I could participate in this stat off, but it's, it's it, not working. It was Jamie Redknapp who made his debut in that game as a sixteen-year-old. Wow. Good stat. Quite the stat, isn't it? I yeah. hope he's right. I hope I've made it up. Um, and and they filmed from that uh, the the sort of first. So the first episode was about. It was called the players, and it was all about players. Um, that, that featured, and it was all about sort of, um, but fitted in. There were games. They didn't show many highlights of games, though. No, no and, and that's, prob- 
that's probably because they didn't have the rights for it, did they? Weren't, weren't Football League on ITV then? So they were probably every, every mm-hmm. second they showed were money down drain, which obviously they'd saved on it getting United to do it, who probably did it for about 20p. But still, yeah. that's probably where that came in. It, it weren't quite like the Man City and Sunderland ones where they got, you know, graphic. Kind of, obviously, it was a long time before that, but there, there weren't many kind of, there were little clips, but it was all about kind of interviews and sort of behind the, behind the scenes more than anything else. I, ne- I never remember missing out on that, though. I thought, you know, it wasn't a feature. I thought, oh God, I wish there was more game time. It's like it's like WWF. I used to prefer the interviews to the actual fights because <laughs> <laughs> interviews weren't staged before, yeah, were they? Yeah. It's like only live bit involved yeah, in them, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no. Plus, you'd seen it on Sunday after the game, hadn't you? Goals on Sunday, John Elm. Yeah. Back yeah. it out. If, if you're lucky, you were at main match and you got like ten minutes rather than a few seconds, and yeah, so you'd seen that anyway, hadn't you? I was far more interested in the barmaid telling uh, telling the cameraman that. The, the players thought they were God's gift to women. <laughs> that type of stuff. That was more interesting. That is the kind of insight you want. Yeah, that right. was uh, Derek Dooley's uh, daughter, that. I thought it must have been with his surname. <laughs> Good on you. Is that, the re- is that the research you've done? Not a lot gets past him, does it? That piece of paper he held up just said Dooley on it, didn't he? <laughs> um, so the very first episode, we had a, a, a typical Harry Bassett team talk. Um, which we'll, we'll try and play you these, they might not work. And then we have the theme tune. Wow. wow. Inspired choice. United. You know, one of the great, one of the great songs, great anthem now of the club, isn't it? It's really well, yeah, stuck. we had it for a bit, didn't we? Ran out to it for a little bit in yeah, yeah. late nineties, early two thousands, like that. Yeah. Judas Priest, so tremendous theme tune that comes out, and we have one of Bassett's confusing, nonsensical team talks. But he, do you remember he called all the players by like he, put, he just put a Y on the end of them? Didn't matter who it was. It was Lakey, Webby, Deansy. <laughs> or, in the case of Hodges, when he were talking about him when he were playing for opposition, he missed Hodge. his S off. So it's just like, he just, it's Lawrence himself, adding him, teching him. But what, what is brilliant is he, he Fs and Jeffs, and then as the theme tune uh, sort of comes up, it says Sheffield United, the family club, as he's swearing and shouting down the, down the thing. Uh, I think that was another thing as a kid. I thought, hearing someone swear on television like that, I thought, again, this is great. Probably bleeped out though, weren't it? Yeah, but um, it it made me understand what it was like to be a professional footballer in a way that, like, they were really getting a hammer in, weren't they? It was like, it was good. It was good. Made you want to swear. I think, think actually, my mum actually says it, where she says, they're like naughty schoolboys, aren't they? Getting told off by the teacher. Yeah. And to be fair, that's how it was. Obviously, teachers didn't swear at you. Bassett very much kind of bit, bit warnocky though in terms of those team talks. But I don't know whether you, you would you have would you, you think managers give team talks like that now? No, the game's changed too much. Mm. Anyway, the, the I th- team I think, gone. I think I think they do because you still hear it every now and again. They've got to let loose, but with Harry, it seemed to be every game. Yeah. Um, even when they'd like, I think they beat Bournemouth, didn't they? Two 0 was it? Yeah, two 0 in the in the cup. Yeah, yeah, and, and he and he was still absolutely ripping him. Yep. Yeah. Whereas, think, whereas now, whereas now, I think if you win two 0 you come in and pat on the back, or get in the giant bath, and away you go. 
Which, yeah. speaking of which, that's how the episode started, pretty much. <laughs> <wasn't it? laughs> a lot of nudity. We, I think we saw a few few players uh, in their, their pride and glory. Incredibly homoerotic start, wasn't it, really? It's just like arses and knobs everywhere, pretty much. <laughs> can, can I just say one thing that is very underrated? The artwork, uh, animation, as, as the series started with, like a garn and all drawn. Do you remember? Yeah. yeah, I do. yeah. I, do you know who did that? Is it you, Andrew? I don't know. Do his daughter? No, I don't know. No, I don't know. Great little bit of info. <laughs> Neither do we. It was good, that. The, the one thing that struck me about the team talk was Carl Bradshaw is about the only one who has a, who has a go at him back. Um, you know, he, he swears at him a few times back. Um, reminds me a bit of Morgan, you know, when we saw the Warnock... Uh, Sort of documentary. Makes it? absolutely no difference, though, does it? Bassett yeah, ignores yeah. him and then pro- probably finds him at a later date as well. But yeah, yeah. and so they, they, they talk That's probably why I bought Paul Wood in. Yeah, hell yeah. Bradshaw argued back. Yeah, could do. I, 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 I wonder. I doubt that was the reason. I, I wonder sometimes. Wonder if the if the cameras for the players it made them they're a bit shyer. I saw a Garner a few times where he looked a bit pissed off that the cameras were in the in the changing room. Yep. And I thought, you know, I remember Graham Taylor's documentary. I remember Paul Ince looking at the cameras in the changing room and he looked really pissed off. So I bet the players thought a bit like that at the time as well. Yeah. What, yeah. what, did, you, what did your dad say that the players thought of them filming? Were they, were they against it, for it, or...? Don't know. Never asked. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your insight, John. <laughs> See you later. I'll ask, I'll ask, for, next, I'll ask for the next pod. <laughs> Yeah, can we get him on? What, what, what are we doing about Warnock documentary? <laughs> it's a bit late then. <laughs> After the naked scene, we then get... Uh, it's bizarre because we have them, them all sort of nude in the showers and then we have this cutaway to uh, uh, some saxophonic music. Uh, yeah, more horn. Uh, from horn to horn, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> and we got Tony Agala playing the sax. <laughs> Well, no, I think maybe Full Monty was a homage to that. There's a bit of that in Full Monty and also Brassed Off, because it cuts off and there's some brass. But I remember watching that and I thought, Agana's a, he's a cool guy. He's a cool guy. Cool, this bloke, isn't he? Every time he pops up, he's got he's just smooth, isn't he? There's a bit where he's warming up at Stoke and he's just sort of stretching out and I'm just transfixed by watching it. <laughs> But didn't he live with uh, Chris Wilder and Bob Booker in Wilder's parents' house? Somewhere in Gleadless at the time. It sounds like you know. It sounds like you're stating it as no, a fact. No, Wilder said it recently that when he, he lived with Booker and Agana when they were. Well, it's uh, going to be true then, isn't it? He's not going to say it as a lie. Well, just just <laughs> adding a bit, of, adding a bit of trivia here. And then, and then we, trivia and, that. We have, then they introduced the players one by one. Ian Jock Bryson, great, great nickname for, for a Scottish player. Who did, I think he described the team as a set of misfits and unknowns. Can I just say what an underrated player Ian Bryson was? I don't think he was underrated. Certainly not by me. No, I mean, I like, no one heard of him. Even when he went to the Premier League, he did really well. But no, if you ask like, people to name, you know, when you've gone about like, people who had knowledge about football, they, they won't have heard of him. You he, wouldn't be able to name anyone from a lower mid-table team from 1990s. 
Name, name me, I don't know, an Oldham player from that time that Andy played Ritchie. left wing. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, Dean the, Holden. The, the one you can remember, the two you can remember. But you know what I mean? It's like, we, we weren't a very fashionable club. I'm amazed no, if people had remembered Dean and any, anyone beyond Dean, really. I thought Bassett was a bit weird with Bryson. Uh, some of the some of the stick he gave him at some point uh, after Stoke, I just yeah. didn't, I didn't get it. I thought, what's he going on about here? Him and Jeff, uh, Ta- Jeff Taylor was sticking up for him, weren't they? Yeah, yeah he was. Yeah, hammering yeah. him. Yeah, but Bryson had, Bryson had that weird little shiver, shimmy, didn't he? Like, yeah, did. he go past the player. Good player, good player. Yeah. It could be yeah, a man without player. pace. He just, he just had that, like, a little trick. Um, then we cut, we see a cutaway from training, and they train at Warminster Road. The, the players are putting up their own goals, which is a bit bizarre for a team going for. You know, it's like us in the. That's yeah, don't, don't you think that's a bit? Could be a bit of a reality check. Don't get carried away. No, I think, so we, I think we couldn't afford a training ground. <laughs> yeah, they had to no, just drag it out onto wreck, basically, didn't they? <laughs> no, but, but yeah, you'd normally have your apprentices to get yeah, it all yeah, way. Yeah, possibly, down. yeah. Possibly. So it could well have just been a reality check. A yeah. bit of a Bassett Bassett. thing, yeah. I think it was Warminster Road, that, where they, they used to train out. That was... And in fairness, it must have tired them out. Did you see some actual stuff they were doing in training? <laughs> it's like could barely stand up half of them. Them, them diving headers they were doing. <laughs> Different world, isn't it? The pitch, bobbly pitch. uh, Yeah. Or it seems to be windy as well, no matter what time of year it was. Ice ice training ground in country. (laughs) That's that's what it is. The windy year. Very very open, though, weren't it? No shelter around it. Yeah. And then it cuts to our first transfer deals of the of the of the, the sort of well the documentary of, and uh, Bassett goes in to see Derek. He wears a blue and white shirt as he goes in. It looks like he's got Coventry kit on or something, doesn't it? Or yeah. Argentina or something like that. And it, and he and he goes in to see uh, to see Derek Dooley, and he, he says he struck a deal with Brighton and he's ready to go, sort of thing. And he and he sort of debates the the deal. Morning, Derek. Morning, David. Morning. Well. Yeah, I've heard you. All right, thank you, mate. I've just spoke to Barry Lloyd about uh, Paul Wood. Um, he's saying that they want 90,000 for him. Um, you know, in view of what we've spoken about before, uh, obviously I'd like to go for him now and get permission to speak to him. You know, the board, you know, basically happy with us paying 90. Well, they're not happy with us paying 90, but I think it's essential that we need some more cover, particularly at this part of the season. So basically, Derek Dooley says... He ain't going to be happy to pay £90,000. We're a club, even in those days, we're a club going for promotion to the top division. You know, all right, it's 1990, but the board said, and Dooley said 90000 is is too much. And it never, that never changed, though, did it, for years, for possibly for no. decades? Like, it, what season after what season after that, when we're in top division and, and we basically bought Glen Hodges? Buy raffle tickets, didn't we? Some, some Grand National, like yeah. That. Yeah, Grand so, so that, that, never, that would just how United were, I think. What a player. Yeah, good player, Wood. Good player. Yeah, and... Uh, Go on, John. The thing is, obviously, Reg Brearley, which we're going to come on later, wanting to get sell the club. So if he's wanting to sell it, is he wanting to part with £90,000? True. There was always that rumour as well. That could be it. it mm. I mean, let's be honest, Arnold Labour could have afforded it right there, right then. Do you want, start, do you want a bit of quick trivia about Arnold Labour? Yeah, my, please. My, my grandma was engaged to him. Wow. Really? <laughs> Another good stat. What, what, what happened there then? Yeah, why did he get married? Why did he get married? She met my granddad. I wouldn't she, be around. She was too negative for him. I wish they just, I wish they just stuck together. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, harsh, Andrew, harsh. Yeah, but no. But there always seemed to be a rumour going around at Rotherham United or Sheffield United. We can't afford to go up. And I remember that being said a few times. And I thought, is that true? You know, is it that expensive to go up to the top league? Because the football money wasn't about then, was it? Yeah, they weren't the TV money, yeah. were they? So I always thought like we were just happy where we were. But Bassett, he broke the rules, didn't he? he was... Accidentally got promoted. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. But there you go. So we bring in uh, Paul Wood, uh, and then he sells John Francis to Burnley, and he, I think his final words to him is for him not to nick anything on the way out. Professional to the last. <laughs> yeah, can, can, can you remember the reason why he sold him? No, no, go on. He said he's got to a stage now where you're not 21 anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> How old was it? 22. 22. <laughs> Just like any, yeah. anything that's not 21. Great argument, that, isn't it? You're not, I remember you're not that 21 one. 21 anymore. <laughs> I love John Francis. Oh, that he fast, was fast. Wasn't it? That Eddie we talked about. Was he lightning. the was he fastest ever United player, do you reckon? Yeah, because what didn't he do the hundred metres at Wembley? No, that was Adrian Little, John Andrew. Oh. <laughs> you research your Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Why is on that piece of paper you've held up? <laughs> no, but uh did he score that season? Yes, we scored against Brighton. I think he scored at Watford. Um, I'll tell you how many goals he got. I've got some stats here. <laughs> I'm sure uh, you have. He scored... Um, oh, he scored six yeah, goals. Yeah. Six goals. I, I, felt really sorry. I felt really sorry for him when he left. As a backup, as a backup striker behind Dino Nagano, that's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. I, can't remember them, I can't remember them two missing many. No. Well, Garner yeah, got it. injured towards the end of the season. That's when Whitehurst came in, didn't he? He played Webster yeah. up front a couple of times, didn't he? He, he mentioned that. He mentioned he told that. Him, yeah. yeah, so. Didn't he play Booker up there as well? Just anyone, I think. Just, yeah, <laughs> anyone he could lump ball up to, I think. So, like, <laughs> can't, when got any strikers fit, sure. just put someone tall up front. Um, I like the way when he brings Wood in and he brings his kids with him and he says, oh, you're settling in. And then he asks him what the baby's called. I think. Does he just Paul Ashley. would say Ashley, Ashley and he says he says ain't no Ben's and Sam's anymore is there <laughs> Australian <laughs> got me got me that was Ashley an exotic name back then <laughs> oh, ba- must Bassett, have been yeah Bassett seemed to think so <laughs> weren't Ben or Sam were you? John Bloody Francis weren't name. 21 John Francis weren't 21 and that kid weren't called Ben or Sam <laughs> And then we go back to Bradshaw, who compares being a footballer to a gypsy on the premise who <laughs> were around a lot. He, he's right. They do, though, don't they? Uh, yeah. Yeah, they do. But... Yeah, they can't settle, really, can they? Yeah. So we, we, we then cut back to another team tour before the, it goes on to Watford. Obviously, a lot of Bassett come from Watford, a lot of former players. Bassett talks about Glyn Hodges, or, or Odgie as he calls him, all Odge. the way through the game. talks about Hodges more than any of our players. He says, this is his description of him, he says, Hodges will play wide left, inside left, or a bit. That's what he describes him before. Don't say Hodges, I tell you that much. He calls him Odge all the time, <laughs> doesn't he? Odge. 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 And then he calls everyone in Atten by their full name. Quite That's right. right. He, has, he has a humor, he just calls them by their full name. Um... And we let a lead slip. Hodges sets up a goal, and then he's he's having a go at Bradshaw again at the end. He's well, half time. Very uh, one of the I, I worked with someone who um slag, one of the many people that slag off your match reports, and he says one of your problems is that you use the word sloppy far too much. And 
I, th- I see where you've got it from now. Bassett constantly laying into him, saying they're all sloppy. So that's that's where he's come from. And then after that, was, we, was that the one all draw? Yeah, when they, they, yeah, and then your dad scored in the replay, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And we and then we have like a montage of clips where, as the clips are going on for the the different games, we played Barnsley three times, uh, and I went to both those replays. Bradshaw's having his buttocks hit as well, the montage is going. You, it's the most bizarre. And you know what I noticed? This this YouTube version that I watched was obviously taken off someone's VHS or, <laughs> or Betamax, I don't know. And it's incredibly worn at that point. It, you know, it all goes a bit fuzzy in that. So whoever's, whoever's taped that, is it yours? Because whoever's taped that is, clearly rewound that bit lots and lots of times. Brad, Bradshaw's buttocks. <laughs> Bradshaw's buttocks. Hashtag on, on tweet to accompany this. And it sort of does the cut run. And then we play Man U. And I think Man U at the time, it was Ferguson had been there a year or two. And they'd not really had success. But I think they did go on and win the cup that year. And we lose. They've got Hughes, Pallister, Bruce, Robson, Ince. And he's slinging them back at the end, saying, you don't want it enough. You're not good enough. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Because yeah, they're, they're one of the top sides in country. <laughs> but he literally and... slams them at the end. That, but but that, should Tracy that, have had that, that cross? Game, that game... Uh, actually, is one of my dad's biggest regrets in football. Really? Was he yeah. at fault for the goal? No. Right, I, I think so. Just, <laughs> just, just the ball because... went out in that game. It went out for a goal kick and they gave it a, just, a corner. Just because United didn't play. Yeah. I can't remember it much of it, to be honest. No, I can't remember I, much. I remember there being a brass band on the on the pitch before. We never, we never win when there's a brass band on. That's what my dad always says, but... I, I, I don't know how many times a brass band's been there. I remember being in the players' lounge after, and that was the first time I saw proper superstars with the brass buttons on the Blazers, Robson, McClare, Danny Wallace. No, but it was for a 10-year-old. That so was it weren't marching band again? No. Brass, no. brass button. <laughs> yeah, like Partridge. No, it were, I, I actually thought uh, DB and Stan, as, as former goalkeepers, would have been slagging Tracy off for that goal. Cause, uh, oh, he's flipped. Did he tip it onto the bar? No, it, it, it was actually a pretty good save. It, like a, it, it sort of went for a double save, really. But it, Do you it, think he should have come for the cross? It, it went header in six-yard box, weren't it, initially, I think? Yeah, so, come back, and I think he yeah, rebounded. And I, I was certain you two had slagged him off for that. Well. Tracy wasn't really involved in the documentary much, was he? But one thing I did see from him is, is the heaviness of his hair. Such volume to it, weren't it? Yeah, no wonder he couldn't get up. Imagine what he's going to look down like after lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> oh, practically an afro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they yeah, seemed to feature, like you say, it was Bryson, it was Bradshaw, obviously your, your dad, Stan, and there were, there were like a few players, and then there were some who just were kind of left out. Um, which was odd, really. Did the players get any say over who, who they interviewed? They just pick it random people just picked out. Them. Yeah, just picked them out. Because Rosten was never involved. No, that, that, I think that was a strange one, weren't it? He weren't really yeah. irregular. He weren't really on the bench. And then they followed him temping bowling. <laughs> we'll come on to that in a, in a Episode one ends with a, the win at Stoke. Tremendous diving header from Dean. I think a Garner comes on. That's yeah. one of my favourite ever United goals. It's a great goal. Great. It's a classic goal in it, yeah. Bryson sort of did that drop of the shoulder, flicked it to Garner, crossed, and then Dean. Love, lovely bit of 
sort of team talk by Bassett or beforehand. It's all just courses, isn't it? That, that one. He actually and slags off Billy Whitehurst before he says. No, he slags off the fans. ten games, and we're looking to win as many games as we possibly can. We've been positive. Let's make sure we build on what we did at Oldham the other night. Let's make sure we get our crosses in. Let's make sure we get our shots in. Let's make sure we help one another. Just a little thing that's interesting. Like a lot of you got cheers today when you've gone out there. Bill's got bugger all. So he's the scapegoat that the fans want at the moment. We don't have scapegoats in our team. Right. We're all together, we all help one another. Anybody makes any errors, we get round them, we help them. We're a team, we win and lose as a team. Let's go out and win as a team. So Billy Whitehurst was the scapegoat. Yeah, because the fans cheered everyone and Billy got bugger all. So we weren't having a go at Billy, we're having a go at the fans for not okay. cheering Billy. I can't remember Whitehurst getting much ammo, really. I thought he was a bit. I think, I think everyone was too scared. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was that. And then, uh, well, the, the thing is, you go back, you go back to the training ground, you go back to the training ground, saying they're doing all them diving headers and all look knackered. It then works because Deansy scores a diving header away at Stoke. Yeah, very good point. And you see, back in the uh, in the old executive suite social club all having pint stones reading the green and and, uh, <laughs> and Bryson's wife's there with her baby I think I can remember <laughs> Uncle Brian Uncle Brian yeah <laughs> Uncle let's Brian. have a look at Uncle. <laughs> yeah, Uncle Brian scored another goal today Owls uh, crumble deadly green they're all passing green around aren't they our <laughs> white's lemonade in, in dressing room yeah, yeah. Then, yeah. I, rem- I remember that Alan, Alan Ball says it was a lucky goal, didn't it? Alan Ball, yeah. lucky goal. <laughs> He's wrong. Can you, can you remember the, the door shutting on the camera as it was leaving the Stoke dressing room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was looking at who was naked. <laughs> Shut the door on the camera. Mitch Ward. Colin Hill. <laughs> Mitch Ward slammed shut yeah, the door. There you go. One point to me. Yeah, rat, rat, <laughs> rat-tash, didn't it, Mitch? Yeah, did a bit. And that was episode one. So, nice little look at the players. So, we had a bit of coverage and it sort of showed them very much on the on the sort of promotion path. They were, I don't know, Stoke game probably about 10 or 12 before the end of the season, maybe a bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what they seem to do as well in, in these, it's like sort of set how they did it. That like first sort of 20 minutes was yeah. the episode they'd filmed and the last sort of five or 10 were action from more recent games when it yeah. obviously just bolted on to end and uh yeah. well it was 10 games before the end of the season the stoke one um but they, they, they then actually lost to sunderland and portsmouth but it was around that time sunderland portsmouth watford that they, they did some of the filming of the the episode two which we're going to discuss discuss now which was i think it was called the women which was uh you know it was to feature it featured a lot of players wives girlfriends but also looked at kind of cleaners office staff but the wives no offense to your mum john but they they weren't like the wives of they seemed normal if that makes sense is that to me no, to anyone they just it just was different wasn't it but the whole football was different back then weren't it mm. Yeah, there weren't the money in it, and and plus you're asking him, do you think your mum was normal? It's like it's like she's been there since you were born. Um, Never make an interview, will I? Stick to match report. <laughs> no, but it, it, it was quite different, wasn't it? In terms of so we we have probably four main main sort of wives that are kind of featured. So we could just get our opinions on the way. The first one was a, a lady called Ros Marshall, the girlfriend of Simon Webster. Andrew. Yeah, big big fan. 
Yeah, big fan. <laughs> no, she came across well. I think I'm not. We're not going to comment on them, are we? But, you I mean, just did. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think we are. We're going to make some little descriptions. Yeah, uh, we're not criticising. Observations. Well, she, she gave a decent insight into being the girlfriend of a footballer who had a really, really bad injury. Yeah, well, she yeah. said that. She said she didn't find out about his injury yeah. for like hours. But again, again, yeah. again, just going back to when I was younger, that's the first time I've ever heard a, a leg break away at Mansfield, me and John. I could hear it. It was awful. It was mm. like, oh, gosh. Yeah, and then Ross came had, across really well. Yeah, we had a run of leg breaks then, didn't we? We had Webster. The White House broke his leg in that man you Duff, game, I think. Duffield, yeah. Uh, Brian Smith. Uh, that was one I heard. Yeah. As well, um, yeah. So run it, but and those days you broke your leg, you were out for like a year, weren't you? Oh yeah, yeah. Of tired. <laughs> well, Brian Smith was. Yeah, um, true. Uh, and then we move on to Kirsty Bryce and uh, Mark. Uh, do you want to give your opinion? Very, on? very industrious. Um, <laughs> literally, I must have had cleanest house in North Anston. Just constantly ironing and how, cleaning. How and... do you know she lived in North Anston? Uh, DB stalked her when she, when uh, when he was a kid. I grew up not too far from because uh, I think Tracy and Dean lived in Northampton for a period as well, so they all lived fairly close together. And uh, Brian Dean also lived in the area. Did you not once or twice claim to see him at local chippy? I, I did. I went to a chip shop once, and Brian Dean came in and asked for a jumbo Absolutely sausage. Absolutely, like I'm, I'm touching my chin. You can't hear it on the tape, but uh, I am stroking my chin because that's an absolute lie. But we like we like Kirsty, didn't we? Oh yeah, great. Yeah. Just, yeah, I mean, she seemed she seemed a little bit um, isolated and yeah. I don't know about ostracised, but she just seemed to like she she had to stay at home to look after the kids, and uh, she didn't seem to be as involved as others. I don't think. I think Bob Booker said the other the other day on uh, on, on on Twitter that he said um, when when he was going to a game, it was like he was going to war. She was like, wait, she was like sort of packing his bags yeah, and waving him off. <laughs> <laughs> when will you be well, back? I don't know. <laughs> I felt a bit sorry for her, to be honest. Yeah, Just, me too. Uh, like, back 1990, a uh, bloke plays football and earns money and she looks after the kid and she didn't have any mates. Yeah. And, uh, gosh. <laughs> How do you know that? <laughs> she was around uh, John's mum's house. True. But, but, do you, but do you think that's the way the... Uh... They just edited it and portrayed people. Yeah, TV like a story, don't they? So they yeah. like they created different characters because they were all the four main ones they featured were all very, very different how they portrayed yeah. them, weren't they? Kirsty probably had about eighteen people in the background ready for a party, but ready the way they unite. Yeah, <laughs> I thought she was great behind yeah. Jan. Yeah. Well, we'll come on to Janine. We'll, we'll just... You can call her Auntie Jan, Andy. <laughs> yeah, so. Auntie, uh, John, John and Andrew are cousins, so it is Auntie Janet, uh, Paul's, uh, Paul's, Paul's wife and John's mum. Uh, I'll discuss Will Frostron's wife. I'll try and be as fair as I can. Uh, she started off with a, a clip. Men, I don't think want women to be involved in the game at all. It's, it's a man's game, and I think men would like to keep it like that. And she, she's basically described how she doesn't want men to be involved in, in football. Uh, sorry, women to be involved in football. It's a man's game and that's how it should be. And then she basically comes across as she complains about... She basically says um, it, it's not a glamorous life. And as she says it's not a glamorous life, she goes into this huge house, I don't know where it is in Sheffield. Um, and, and, and not North Anston? No, it's not North Anston. I don't know where she... I don't know about Will Frostrand, uh, where he lived. Uh, but she says she has to come second all the time in terms of to Wilf and 
Um, she says she doesn't exist. Um, she says, that, um, and basically, you know, she, she comes across as you know, quite negative about her experience of being a footballer's wife. Um, she says she never know where she's going to see him next. But then, when you, she does see him next, they're, they're sat this massive table at the opposite ends of the table. Um, so Do you think maybe, Will's planned it like that? Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it painted her in a bad light. Um, I think so. I think so. Uh, and as well, you know, he was probably he's come from the highest standard of football, probably in that team, Watford of the eighties. You know, were pretty good. He's probably earned a bit of money as well. So I think the United production team went a bit too far with uh, old Mrs. Rostron. <laughs> no, I did. I watched it last night. And I thought, you know, yeah, they painted her. Yeah, a, she, did, a, she a didn't come across well, did she? She didn't come across. She was complaining about her life while she looked like a di- like an extra from Dynasty in her massive <laughs> house with shoulder pads and big hair. Um, so yeah, you're probably right. But same same as with Kirsty yeah. Bryson, they probably edited it in such a way to present her as a certain character. Yeah, got to do benefit a bit of doubt there. Bit of bowling and a bit of trivial pursuit. Look, look yeah. lovely shell suits everywhere, weren't they? Yes, yeah. matching shell suit galore. Incredible amounts of static electricity in that big front room, weren't they? And then we'll we'll come on to. I will say it. I don't want to embarrass you, John, but. Uh, you know, Janet Stancliffe was the star of, of the episode, possibly the, the series for me. Absolutely fantastic. Why, so, wife of Captain Paul. She's a real personality, really friendly. She goes to all the games with, with you too, I think. Uh, yeah. Take you to the games. And Richie Humphreys is there as well, isn't he? Yeah. The hum- What's Humphreys your connection with, with the Humphreys family, John, Andrew? Just oh. Sheffield United, going to the games and sitting with them. How were they in the in the players bit though? In the just as I said, going to the games, becoming friends. <laughs> I think Richie's dad was. Uh, I don't know. A, it's genuine question. I think Richie's dad yeah, is just a bit of a character at the game, and yeah. he, he made friends with people. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we see her obviously discussing the series. She, I think she says your dad looks like he's got bags under his eyes, needs some eye gel. Um, yeah, and, and then there's. There's a great scene where she describes um, about um, she thought these guys were eyeing her up or something, and they oh, in a up, pub. Yeah, and they, and they were looking yeah. at her ages. Which sitting at they looking at me, and she said, he's getting a bit embarrassed. And I think they come over and, and they say, you, "Are you Paul Stancliff?" Which was just you know a great. But she great. obviously wasn't. She was a woman. <laughs> no, but <laughs> how drunk were they? <laughs> to, her, to her husband, but it was just it was a great clip. Then the way she kind of described the clip. We're out, um, I can't remember where we were now, probably out at the pub or something, just having a quiet drink. And there was these two fellas across the other side of the room. And they were quite, you know, dishes, they were all right. And I was just talking to Paul, and you can tell when somebody's staring at you. So I'm talking to Paul, trying to, and I can feel like these eyes of these fellas looking at thought, oh my God. It's really, really getting embarrassing. They're staring all the time. I'm thinking, you know, you know, I mean, it's quite nice, isn't it, to think that somebody's looking at you and staring as much as they were staring. But then, at the end of the night, they came over to Paul and said, are you Paul Stanley? <laughs> Could we have your autograph, please? I mean, I was just deflated. And never, never again now, whenever I go out with Paul, I never, ever think anybody's looking at me. I mean, that's just done nothing for my ego at all. No, she was the star of the show. She was really easy on camera, like, absolute natural. And, yeah. Did you just call my auntie easy on the eye? 
Like, no, easy, easy on the camera is what I meant. Well, halfway through the sentence, I realised I were coming across. What I meant was she was like a natural in front of the camera, which also doesn't sound good when I'm talking to two of her family members. But, uh, but no, she was just an absolute natural. She was brilliant. Yeah, John, don't send me this, it. please. No, she, she's an avid listener, Dave. <laughs> um, and then, did she, did she work in Boots, was it? Or? Yeah, Boots in, boots in Rotherham Town Centre. And there's We're a clip. The Rev, Revlon counter. Yeah, she's doing a bit. Of, she's doing this eyeshadow for this old lady, which is Sh- uh... shimmering sands. Yeah, <laughs> favorite shade. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she get, gives us some shimmering sand, and she's waiting for the score to come through at Portsmouth, and it's very old score. They got the final score, uh, Vidi printer coming. I think it was probably, but it does like it was. It, it was in the boot set el- electronical section with all the. Is electronical a word? It is. Can <laughs> With all the with all the old tellies, and yeah, the C facts on. And then she comes on and she's yeah, the the blind three two. Um, and and so they, they, that's when they lost three two at Portsmouth. But then we have the the scene where you two are well, John. Firstly, you're shown eating your dinner, I believe. <laughs> oh, yeah. What yeah. was it? What were you eating? Spaghetti bolognese. No, because so, your dad has to cut. Does he? Does he? Do you need him cutting it up? I hope you don't need yeah. him cutting spaghetti up. Yeah, cut spaghetti up so it <laughs> doesn't slurp everywhere. <laughs> and you quite, you quite restrict. You went, no, I'm all right. Or, so yeah, no, I'm all right. That was for cameras then, as well, weren't it? <laughs> and then, and then my sister says, because being at school, so I've been writing on my hand. And then my sister says to me, John, is that Chinese writing? And I go, no, it's English. <laughs> Good, good, good line. Start. Good <laughs> yep, that's um, it. Same lines. Obviously, right, obviously they discuss his, his routine, listening to Genesis and and the, yeah. the, you know, the, the before the, the the games on a Friday night and um and, and it was to be fair, he was very strict with it, my dad. It was, that wasn't just said for the cameras or anything. He wouldn't just do Every, Phil Collins on his own. It was always Genesis. Yeah, he always Genesis live Wembley. Massive structure on the way to the away to the game and coming back. One of my memories is my uncle Paul. One of, one of these albums: Queen at Wembley, Phil Collins, Bruce Springsteen, or Genesis, and, and a cigar and a cigar on the way back in his Granada or his Montego. It's just like just different world, isn't it? Did you two travel in with your mum and dad, or did you travel separately? Um, just, just a lot. Yeah, a lot of the time we'd probably travel in with my dad, so and then travel back with my dad. So we'd we'd knock about the players' lounge. Uncle Brian, uh, Francis Joseph was our uh, biggest uncle. Yeah. Francis, he used to look after us a lot. Did he? No, yeah. he did. He's <laughs> <laughs> a good guy. A good guy. <laughs> no, he still wasn't. in touch. Still in touch. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, because you used to go into the players' lounge and then play play football, didn't you? And the, do the back of the south stand because that's back where of, it used to be. Yeah, back of gangway G and H. Because I yeah. used to take part in those games when I used to go with Collie Collie Morris and his uh, two sons. Is that part of the series? No. Okay. <laughs> just, give, just giving it a bit of colour. Giving it a bit of colour. Let's not make it about you, Dave. <laughs> no, sorry. Back to you. Uh, back, back to and, me and my family. And, and, and so, Andrew, you you come into the, through the turnstile. You and John. You're wearing what I could. Is it a Campari? Is it Cam, Campari coat? Yeah, late eighties, early nineties, Campari, Campari. <laughs> you had a big Buffon hair. Buffon hair. <laughs> 
kid with a wedge, with a wedge, with a wedge, a shaved wedge, and the Lumo kit underneath Campari. So it's classic look, that real, real classic look at the time. That had some British Knights trainers as well. Massive tongs on them. Yeah, they weren't in the clip, which upset me. No, never mind. You can't have it all, can you? <laughs> Not contact the editor. Serious. <laughs> <laughs> but as, but piling in on freebie, some things never change. <laughs> And you then had your one big moment, Andrew, in the in the stand. Your one line. Um, can you remember it? Uh, come on, Sheffield! <laughs> oh. come, come on, Sheffield! <laughs> I, mean, I think we were told to say that. I'm gonna say you bottle it a bit, like oh. Yeah. No, I think you're right, Andy. I, I think someone behind us shouted it, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And then, the, and then, <laughs> one, of the, then one of the guys says to us, "Can you two shout that?" Well, Richie as well. So, yeah, are you saying it was scripted, this whole series? I think someone said, like, come on, Sheffield, and they went, can you three say that? It'll be really good. It'll win a BAFTA. Uh, <laughs> out, though, didn't you? Yeah, we did just. Yeah, we just. did. And we see them, we beat Watford uh, 4-1. Um, yeah, that was a great night, that. Yeah. And we're interested, we don't see the fourth goal. We see, this is how much of a star your mum was. We watch her reaction to the fourth goal rather than why to scoring it. But I weren't bothered. It was, Cheaper you know, footage as well, as going back to what we said earlier. Tony Coulton in goal. Oh, another start. Nice. There was that shot by Dean that hit like a divot and bounced about 20 yards over Coulton, like, remember? Oh, was that that game? Bar as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because pitch were knackered early doors, yeah, weren't it? Went, it? it was terrible. And yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it, it Daisy cut to it and it clipped the bobble and just bounced over his, his arm. Yeah, I do remember that. So, you know, I think I, that was one of my favourite episodes. We are going to do the other episodes um, if, if people will have us. Um, but that, that was definitely my, one of my favourites. And I, I, I do think, you, you know, your mum was absolutely superb in that. And, you know, even my, my wife, obviously a big United fan, you know, before she knew you, used to talk about you know what what a great star she was of the of, of the series. And we, we have got a bit of an exclusive actually. Um, we've got uh, we did manage to ask her a series of questions about the uh, about about the show. So uh, if you just bear with me, uh, she's not joining us live, but we have got uh, a few clips. So I asked her a few questions about the show. Uh, the first thing I asked her was, what was it like being on TV every Friday night? It all seemed a little surreal, really, but I must say I quite enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, and then we asked her, do you, do you think it gave a fair account of you and the other players' wives and girlfriends? Yes, it was. Uh, they were a really good bunch. We had a great time. Uh, I didn't really know Will Frostron's wife, so maybe that speaks for itself. Oh, not, not, not as charitable as AW there on that one. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Maybe it wasn't, maybe it wasn't edited like yeah. we thought. I asked Janet if she, did you become famous? Uh, Andrew, you said something about a pebble mill appearance, but when I asked her, she didn't seem to know anything about this. Uh, yes, she was. She was on with Eamon Holmes. Uh, okay. Maybe it's her age. It's her age. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we asked her, did you become famous and did it change you as a person? I probably became more well-known round here. Uh, it didn't change me as a person. Uh, I just took it for what it was. Uh, we went on a holiday to Florida as a family after the programme and the air hostess recognised me and not Paul, so I think that was my claim to fame. Oh, excellent. Roles reversed, air yes. hostess. Finally got recognised. Are you uh, Janet Stancliffe? Uh, just just to yeah, add to that, which she doesn't say, obviously it was Italian 90. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. what a year. Andy, Andy will probably be re remember as well. 
um, BBC approached her about working, As a pundit. <laughs> working for them during the World Cup and being out there and getting a woman's view really? of the Seriously? World Cup. Yeah. So we nearly couldn't go on holiday to Florida because we might have had to go to the World That would have been better, wouldn't I'd it? I'd have ditched you and uh, Paul to go to that. Sardinia. Your sisters. Well, she, she didn't do it. She didn't, she didn't get the gig. She, got, she was on the sofa with Eamon Holmes on Pebble <laughs> Mill and then she got the Italian anti offer. So it was oh, a wow. gig. It was a big programme. BBC Two, yeah. like I say, four channels that yeah. time. Peak time, yeah. I, uh, do, do, we know what the, do we know what the viewing figures were, David? I've not got them, unfortunately. Well, that's that's terrible. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if they did him as readily at that time. Of course they did him. Yeah. Uh, did you keep... I asked her another question. Did you keep in touch with the other players' uh, wives or players? Uh, no, we don't, which is a shame. Uh, we all live in different parts of the country, uh, but it's always good to see them when we have a reunion. So that's disappointing, John. You don't keep in touch with any of the players' other wives from United? No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's not much of it. I think I think probably the last wife girlfriend thing that would have been the one two five event that they had. Yeah, a few years ago. Uh, a few years ago, where they all went out at night. Was it at Cutlers? I think it was at Ponds Forge, wasn't it? I think they had a yeah, I think it was at Ponds Forge. Forge. I think I think my auntie Jan said something during the uh, show where she says there wasn't much of a, a setup for supporting wives in, in that community. So, like, Auntie Janet, go and buy me a pie and some Clicks chewing gum, which was the strongest chewing gum of his, in history. Didn't have any Mars bars, though. Andrew. Two drinks and a chewing gum, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a 90p meat and potato pie, as I remember. But, but I, I never remember just there being that, like, close-knit player-wife fraternity. Well, like now, they're, they're all in the boxes in the far side, aren't they? In the yeah, they're all being on Instagram and Twitter and sharing stuff. Back then, it was you were isolated, weren't you? It, it was, was like a, a cupboard, room. weren't it? Understand that they had yeah. player yeah. lounges, yeah. and then, and then, and then... Like, like like a broom cupboard. I expect yeah. to see Phil Schofield in there. <laughs> oh, no, he's oh, out of the cupboard now. I remember, I remember John Sheridan uh, when I was sort of in there uh, drinking like four or five pints in about half an hour when he played for Leeds, sort of mid eighties. It was like such a different different game then. What a knob! The, <laughs> the, the final question. Yeah. He's one player I cannot stand. Well, I don't like him. What a dick. The final question I asked her if they, you know, the family still has, and obviously you don't, and your sisters don't live there anymore, but do they still have spaghetti bolognese on a Friday night and does Paul still listen to Genesis? <laughs> no, we don't have spaghetti bolognese anymore. Um, we have fish and chips now. That's when the fish and chip shops open, when they open again. Uh, I, I always do spaghetti bolognese when the kids come round for tea. It's always a favourite with them for some reason. Um, Paul still listens to Genesis. It's still one of his favourite groups, which has moved on really from then. Uh, I think maybe it's Mumford and Sons now. Um, yeah, I think maybe Mumford and Sons is his favourite now. And there we have it—a little, little, uh, little insight into uh, one of the, one of the. No offence to you two, but one of the the main stars of the uh, of of the series, uh, Janet Sancliffe. Agreed. Yeah. So that's yeah. episode one and two. We will see what kind of traction we get on the. Uh, if nobody listens, we'll what? probably dump the <laughs> not bother doing three. Well, yeah. I've, I've not watched any of rest yet, so I've got to get my yeah. revision in. And yeah, I wonder if they're still worn in the same places like the Bradshaw one, and then this one, 
where Kirsty Bryson's doing some ironing, it was very worn in that place as well, DB. So I don't, I don't know what sort of fetish you've video. got going on. It was yours, weren't it? Uploaded by DB. <laughs> I, remember um, the, I remember at the time, the next three, uh, I didn't really particularly enjoy it. It was, it was. I'll leave you out of those two. <laughs> it, was the last, it was the first two and the last one. Yeah. I, yeah, I really, the, ne- the next two, I think, are the uh, the board. There is some good stuff in the board one, some really fun stuff. And then the fans one, there's some funny stuff in the I've fans. I've genuinely not seen any of these, apart from these two yeah. that I've watched now since since yeah. 1990. I mean, so I mean, I was hoping to put some clips in, but they don't really record very well. We, we will try and put a couple in, but we, it might be just... Uh, oh, you might so- have to just... You might have to just watch them, basically. It'll probably be more accurate just watching them. I am going to end with a quiz. There's going to be a quiz about the season, um, every, every, every one we do. So I'm going to start. And this is the first question. You, you're going to give me the answer to this. Brian Dean was the leading scorer with 24 goals in all competitions. Second was Tony Garner, 12, and Ian Bryson was 11. Who was the next leading goal scorer? Don't give me a name yet in the, in the season, all competitions. Not just league. So, who's the next leading goal? So, we've got Dean, Agarna, Bryson. Andrew, do you want to give me an answer? Bradshaw. John? John Francis. And Mark? Are you going to go for your dad? Because I think he'll be up there. I think. He, but I'm going to say... I'm going to, I'm going to say your dad, yeah. It was Bob Booker. With oh, nine goals. And that's all we're going to say initially. Nine goals. Francis had six, Bradshaw had four. All the rest were three or less. Uh, your dad only scored two goals oh. that season. Can you remember the goals, he sc- uh, which games he scored them in, uh, John? Watford. Yep. No. Oh, and it- go on, Andrew. Uh, no. It was Mark, any? No, no, I, I'm, I'm just still pissed Bro- off. I didn't say Booker because I'm the first goal. Was, was no, was it West Brom, first no, game of the season? No, it was Bradford away. 4-1 win at Bradford away. So there we have it. That's episode one and two. Oh, is that it for the questions? Oh, there'll be one next time. Look, I've got a, I've got a big quiz for the final one. Ten, ten oh. questions on the final We won't final get one. there. What do you mean we won't get there? Viewers will be, listeners will be loving this. <laughs> Who's guest for the next one? Uh, I don't know. I'm so, hoping... John Stancliffe. <laughs> Sam Hashimi. Is he <laughs> or is it Samantha? Has Paul Woodhouse still turned up? He knows. Well, we're going to discuss it on the next episode. I have got an exclusive right, about okay. Paul Woodhouse on the next episode. <sighs> what a teaser that is. It's got to happen now, hasn't it? Can't I not should, wait. I think we should all dress as Reg Brearley as well. With <laughs> <laughs> thick glasses. <laughs> <laughs> got it. I've got uh, mine on already. <laughs> yeah. So we've got the revealer on where Woodhouse is and then who is the zone man coming in the final episode. Lot, Answers lot, to the big questions. A lot of excitement to come. So thank you for, for listening, everyone. As I said, sorry if the sound clips don't, we might, might not be able to put them in. We'll, we'll do as best and uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see you again soon. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs>